on radio. Right on radio. Narrating the end of the world. The end of the world. This news just in. Go, go, go. We are your news now. Providing the play-by-play for the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right on, right on, right on. Live right. Live right. In the real world. Right on radio. Get the news. You're listening to Right On Radio. Welcome to Right On Radio. My name is Jeff. I'm the host of the show. This is part two of the Alchemist Nuclear Transmutation. Um, what can I say about this series is that my mind is just overwhelmed with information and, and I am, I think I'm understanding what the Lord is showing me, but (laughs) the hardest part for me is to figure out how to present it to you. And I'm going to be presenting more information for you tonight. Uh, I'll just tell you where this goes. God transforms his people, of course. When you accept Jesus Christ, you become a new creation. And the Lord starts to form you from the inside out. But Satan is at war. And he saw creation being made. And he knows many of the great mysteries of God that as Christians we have not realized the Lord did not leave anything out of his book. But I think what you're going to find, as I did, is the word of God is, gets deeper and deeper and deeper, and more of the mysteries of our God are being revealed at this time. And I believe it's for our protection, but it should also serve as a warning to the world. And I'm going to tell you what I'm seeing as far as the devil's plans going as we, I think I have to continue this series. I didn't expect to do this as a series, but it's, it's just getting a wow. And by the way, I'm going to have a bit of a wow at the end of this particular uh, episode. Let's start out with just a very brief review. So alchemy, a forerunner of chemistry based on the supposed transformation of matter. So it's basically, it's it's a magic way of doing transformations. Nuclear, the nucleus of an atom. Okay, the nucleus, nuclear power. Everything we're made up of is atoms. But where does hydrogen and nuclear come from? This is going to become important. Transmutation, the action of changing the state of being changed to another form. The charging of one element into another by radioactive decay, nuclear bombardment, or similar processes, or biologically, the conversion or transformation of one species into another. And then again, it talks about turning base metals into gold. But 
as a reminder, this is not about lead to gold. The Lord doesn't really permit that. Um, before I get started here, I'm, I'm just going to pray and I'm going to tell you what's going to happen here. This is going to be one of those series that not everyone is going to get. I hate to say this, but it's going to be one of those if you have eyes to see and ears to hear. I am not able to teach this to you, although I understand some stuff in principle. I am overwhelmed by the Lord in this. And, you know, just as I was showering, I just, you know, felt that this is going to be taught to you by the Holy Spirit, not by Jeff. So I am not going to be doing any teaching, but I am going to show you some things that stood out, maybe acting as a tour guide and let the Holy Spirit minister to you. So I'm just going to pray for you right now. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your salvation, which is the most important thing in all of the history of mankind. And Jesus, your promise came after you ascended on high. And your promise is the Holy Spirit would dwell in us and will reveal, the Holy Spirit reveals the things of Jesus. And Jesus, you reveal the glory of the Father. So Lord, I pray for each spirit-filled person who sees this series, this video, this audio, Lord, that it is your Holy Spirit that ministers and teaches them personalized in what you choose to reveal. I thank you, Lord, that you are a good and gracious God and you fill our cups abundantly when we press into you. May your name be glorified through this podcast. In Jesus' name. All right. So just as a bit of a reminder, Genesis 1. This is important. <laughs> You're going to get some clues. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image according to our likeness. And let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every crawling thing that crawls on the earth. You have to remember Satan was condemned in chapter 2 to be crawling on the earth. So although he was on the earth, it's showing that here we were made higher than him and we are made in God's image. It is my theory. Lord will correct me or or even let you not hear it, but when it says that God created man here in his own image in chapter 1, this was spirit. And I want to point out to you as well that here, just like the six days of creation and before, before God rested on the seventh day, he spoke all of creation into existence. It was spoken into existence. Write that down if you have a pen and paper. Genesis 2. I know I did this last week, but you're going to see some new stuff right here. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created. In that day, the Lord God made earth and heaven. Now no shrub of the field was yet on the earth, and no plant on the field had yet sprouted. 
For the Lord God had not sent rain upon the earth, and there was no man to cultivate the ground. Verse 6, this is important. Nugget, 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 alert right here, right here. But a mist, but a mist used to rise from the earth and the water of the whole surface of the ground. That's verse 6. A mist. What is it? What is that mist called? We call it a dew. D-E-W. A dew. Spelt the same way as Mountain Dew, who's now running commercials saying, your soul needs the dew. Maybe I'll play that commercial for you later. And it has people transmuting into something else. Mountain Dew. Why are mountains important? Why does God choose to meet his people on top of a tall rock? A mountain. And what is the significance of the dew? Do you know that it is only your soul that can go between the heavens? Only your soul. Of course, your spirit, but your soul is the part of you can go between the heavens. So verse 6 is the mist, the dew would rise from the earth. And then immediately, why would God say that? And then say in verse 7, then the Lord God formed the man from dust, from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living person. Now, here is a major contrast. All of the earth was spoken into creation, including man in chapter 1. But now in chapter 2, man is formed by the hand of God. It's formed, not just spoken. For those who have ears to hear. Then, of course, we touched on it last time. Immediately after the creation of man, it says, and the river flowed out of Eden, the water came from the garden, and in this place was gold, and delium, and onks. Actually, I'm just going to remind you. So gold cannot rust. It's beautiful. It's precious. And then there's onks, which is considered to be a precious stone and a stone of power. And remember, this is right after the creation of man from the dust of the earth, and it mentions onks. Now, onks is used in the occult uh, quite a bit. It's a black stone. Is there a black stone inside of a black cube at a very specific ceremony that happens once a year and all these Muslims chant and walk around in circles? around this black cube? 
Bodelium is a pearl, kind of pearl. It's produced from a tree's secretion. A secretion, a sap that gives life. It's like a pearl. I'm keeping this to a mature level. Please let me know that you know what I'm talking about here as a metaphor. Now, I believe they're actually talking about delium here, but it is also a metaphor. It's like a seed of life. Trees drop their seeds and other trees grow. Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. If we don't grow in him, we get cut off. Of course, there was the original lie. And then Jesus condemned the beast. He gave woman labor pains, made her below her husband. And the man would have to eat from the sweat of his brow, essentially. But Genesis 3, verse 22, Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing both good and evil. Now he might reach out with his hand and take the fruit also from the tree of life, eat and live forever. I know this is repeating, but I'm giving you some more clues because I've had some more stuff. And then I jumped into the philosopher's stone and essentially it's an elixir. It talks about enlightenment and the great work. And the great work is not actually turning lead to gold, but it is the process of inner alchemy, making man the gold man. Let me read something to you. Since we're talking about alchemy and the gemstones, it's important for you to know that you are not to put your faith in any stones, of course. But, you know, it could, it could be said that the three stones in the garden were somewhat representative of the Father being gold, Delium being Jesus, and Onks being the Spirit. There's a way you can put that together. Whether it's right or not, it doesn't matter. Let me go into Ezekiel. This is God speaking to Lucifer at the time. It gives it away here a little bit further on. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. The ruby, the topaz, and the diamond, the barrel, the onyx, and the jasper, the lapis, the lazuli, and the turquoise, and the emerald. And with the gold, the workmanship of your settings and sockets was in you. On the day you were created, they were prepared. You were the anointed cherub who covers, and I placed you there. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked in the midst of the stones 
of fire. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created until unrighteousness was found in you. By the abundance of your trade, you were eternally filled with violence and you sinned. Therefore, I have cast you as profane from the mountain of God and I have destroyed you, you covering cherub. From the midst of the stones of fire, your heart was haughty because of your beauty. You're corrupted by your wisdom and by your splendor. I threw you to the ground. I put you before kings that they may see you. By the multitude of your wrongdoings and the unrighteousness of your trade, you profaned your sanctuaries. Therefore, I've brought fire from the midst of you, and it has consumed you. And I have turned you into ashes on the earth and in the eyes of all who see you. And you and all who know you among the peoples are appalled at you. You have become terrified and you will cease to live forever. I want you to just remember the stones of fire. Because I think at the end of this, you're going to have more of a revelation of what those stones actually are. And it is amazing. And before I continue with stones, um, so I read out that the stones of fire, but with the gold, delium, and onks, we can relate it right into the New Testament. In 1 Corinthians 3, in fact, let me just read it to you. 1 Corinthians 3, I'm going to read from verse 10. Excuse me. According to the grace of God, which was given to me like a wise master, builder, I laid a foundation. And another is building on it, but each person must be careful how he builds on it. For no one can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, and precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become evident, for the day will show it because it is to be revealed with fire. And the fire itself will test the quality of one's work. If anyone's work in which he has built on it remains, it will receive him reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, yet only so as through the fire. Now the fiery stones that the cherub walked upon, exposed his works, exposed who he was, and he was cast out. And curious enough, right after that statement in verse 16 in 1 Corinthians 3, do you not know that you are a temple of God, that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone destroys the temple of God, God will destroy that person. For the temple of God is holy, and that is what you are. 
Um, You know what, let me uh, just, in the garden was gold, delium, and precious stone. So there's gold, delium, and a precious stone. Then in Corinthians, after Jesus had walked the earth, it was gold, silver, and precious stones. For those who have an ear, let them hear. Um, there's also in Exodus 28 about Aaron's, the high priest, he would wear essentially a square with the stones on it, each one representing the 12 tribes. And the whole uniform was had to be done impeccably to go into the presence of the Lord on behalf of the 12 tribes. And that breastplate was called the breastplate of judgment. I had uploaded it onto the slide, but I guess I did it after I put the PowerPoint in here, so I'm not showing it to you. But the breastplate of judgment. And it showed all these precious stones. And when I was reading in Ezekiel, it talks about the cherub who walked among the stones, and he had many stones that adorned him. He had nine stones that adorned him that I read out. But there are three stones that he did not have. I'm going to make this bigger so you can see it. For those of you who are watching along, the missing three stones was the third row Again, this that's three is so important. And by the way, so is four. There was four rows of three on the breastplate of judgment. Four is symmetrical. It means completion, even-handed. And three is obviously a very important number, like the number of God, <laughs> Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And Satan had nine stones. Three sixes and nines are very important in the occult. But the three stones that Satan is missing, the first one is ligure, and it means an overcoming power, the power to overcome. Uh, the example from Scripture is Genesis 49, 19, because it was from Gad. Um, that's the tribe of Gad. Gad, a troop shall overcome him, but he shall overcome at the last. Satan is missing the stone. Satan will never overcome, but will be overcome. And then the next one is a gate. And it's for the tribe of Asher. Out of Asher his bread shall be fat, and he shall yield royal dainties. Genesis 49, 
verse 20. Dainties, pleasure, and delight. Satan will never produce a life pleasing to the Lord. So a gate is to yield royal seed. Royal seed. Remember the example of Delium, silver, and a pearl. And for the tribe of Ishakar, the third missing stone from Lucifer, from Satan, it's amethyst, and it means a servant living for others. Ishikara's strong ass crouching down between two burdens, Genesis 49, verse 14. A beast of burden. Satan will never bear your burdens. You know that song, Beast of Burden? It's a mockery of you. It's a mockery. Let's go to the kingdom that is to come. Let me read for, from uh, Revelation. The New Jerusalem. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain. There's mountain again. It's a big rock. And showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Having the glory of God, her brilliance was like a very valuable stone, a precious stone. Like a stone of crystal clear jasper. It had a great high wall with 12 gates and, the great, and at the gates were 12 angels and the names are written on the gates, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the sons of Israel. There were three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, and three gates on the west. And the wall of the city had 12 foundation stones, and on them were the names of the 12 tribes of the apostles of the Lamb. The one who spoke with me had gold measuring rod to measure the city and its gates and its wall. The city is laid out as a square and its length is as great as the width and is measured in the city with the rod. 12,000 stadium, its length, width, and height are equal. The material of the wall was jasper and the city was pure gold like glass. The foundation stones of the city were decorated with every kind of precious stone. The first foundation stone was jasper, the second sapphire, the third chalcedony, the fourth emerald, the fifth sardonyx, the sixth sardius, the seventh crystallite, eighth beryl, ninth topaz, tenth chiraphase, the eleventh jacinth, the twelfth amethyst the 12 gates were 12 pearls. Each one of the gates was a single pearl and the street of the city was pure like gold, transparent glass.
folks, I'm struggling to give this across to you. The next one, you're going to see a lot more pieces to this, but I don't want to mi mix up the esoteric as much with the word of God. <clears throat> the gems have changed from the breastplate of judgment into the new foundations of the new Jerusalem. It's important to note that Jesus said that my father's house has many rooms. I'm paraphrasing. But the new Jerusalem was not spoken into existence. It was built. For those who have ears to hear, let them hear. It was built. I want to show you a video quickly. Um, it's about six minutes. And it uh, talks about the stones and the foundation of the new Jerusalem. And then at the end, there's a little clip which talks about the breastplate of judgment. And you have to understand there were two precious stones that were outside of that breastplate called the Urim and the Thurim. And what would happen is the stones would light up and reveal if it was from God or not. It was like a translator at the time. This is a really amazing clip. I think you're going to really enjoy it. So let me just share my screen here. And uh, it's about six minutes. You, it's just audio for those of you who are listening. Um, there's really nothing to see other than the person who's speaking. Um. But this is tremendous. Please enjoy. New Jerusalem, it said, is built, made up of 12 precious... coming from that spotlight still lights this side of my face by reflecting off that that tinsel up there um, we're used to light coming at us from all directions but we've now discovered how to send light in one direction laser light is the most common you've seen laser light beams straight as a die but we've also got what we call cross polarized light a polarized filter if you can imagine allows lights through like that but if you put another polarized filter at right angles to that you've really got a very fine filter if you take sunglasses and take one lens and put it at right angles to the other it goes even darker it only lets very straight light through now people have taken jewels and precious stones and cut a very thin slice for microscopic purposes and then shone cross-polarized light through them to see what happens, to put it very crudely, what happens to these precious stones in pure light. And one of two entirely different things happens with every jewel. The technical term, to give you a bit of science for a moment, is anisotropic jewels and isotropic jewels. Now what happens is this. Some jewels in pure light Whatever their color to begin with, they may be red, blue, or green, turn into all the colors of the rainbow and the most fantastic patterns. Other precious stones in pure light lose all their color, just go black. Look like a lump of coal dust. 
And it's only in the last, this generation that people have discovered this unusual property. For example, diamonds in pure light are nothing. Did you get that, ladies? They're not even that. Diamonds, nothing. nothing. They won't be there. <laughs> no, so make the most of them here. <coughs> Rubies, uh, garnets, just lose everything. Emeralds. No, they keep it. I'm good. There are other stones that are anisotropic and go into these beautiful colors. Now, here's the fascinating thing. The 12 precious stones that God uses to build the new Jerusalem are all anisotropic. In pure light, they are all far more beautiful. And God doesn't touch the diamonds or the rubies. He doesn't build with this. Now, let's just put on the screen a picture of these stones. Yeah. Look at the top 12 stones on this picture, and you'll see the stones of the New Jerusalem. Look at the four bottom ones at the bottom of the picture, and you'll see they're black, no attraction, whatever. Now then, who knew this 2,000 years ago? No scientist knew it. Nobody knew it. John the Apostle writing the, down the book of Revelation as the Lord dictated it to him, he didn't know. Nobody knew except one person in the entire universe, and he knew, and that was God himself. Where is that written exactly? Revelation 21, right. halfway through, and you'll find all the 12 stones listed there. And you can just imagine from the picture we've seen on the screen how beautiful the new Jerusalem is going to be. No need for do-it-yourself decoration or changing rooms there. No need. The materials that God uses will be fabulous. From verse 19, 21 right. verse 19. Read them out. Uh, the first foundation was jasper. Yeah. The, uh, the, the second, sapphire. The third, chalcedony. The fourth, emerald. The fifth, sarnon, uh, sardonyx. The sixth, uh, carnelian. The seventh, chrysolite. The eighth, beryl. The ninth, topaz. The tenth, Chrysoprase, 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 the eleventh jacinth, and the twelfth, uh, the twelfth amethyst. No diamonds, no rubies, no garnets, because they're and they're isotropic. Mm. Now, isn't that amazing? To me, that one thing alone would prove that the Bible was inspired by God, because nobody could have known this. They didn't know it until our generation. So I'm just going to play the last like uh, 30 seconds or 45 seconds of the video in a second. But did you hear that? Only the stones that pass through the light and it turns into the beautiful spectrum are in there. And yet there's other stones that are precious today that when exposed to pure light, they go black. Mm. Just the last little bit here. This is amazing. This is about the uh, breastplate of judgment. Urim Thunder was the breastplate that Aaron wore on his breast. In there was 12 stones, Jasper, Sardis, Carbuncle, so forth, on down. They got all 12 of the big stones that was in the breastplate, showing that he was the high priest of every tribe, the 12 tribes of Israel. This breastplate hung on a pillar in the church. And when a prophet prophesied, and they wanted to be sure it was right or not, the prophets or the dreamers stood before this Urim Thundam. And he told his dream or his vision, whatever he had saw, and if the sacred light, oh, do you see it? God's always dwelt in the supernatural realm. The conglomeration, those lights were just normal until this voice went forth. And when the voice struck those stones, if it wasn't supernatural, she laid dormant. 
But if it was supernatural, those lights all reflected the rainbow color together. Amen. Amen. God. Then that was God speaking. That is my prophet. Interesting. So the prophets of old would go and stand before the high priest and they would give their word and if it was not from God, it would not light up. But if it was from God, it would light up. I wonder how many of today's prophets would stand the breastplate of judgment. But you see, the stones on the outside that are the foundation of the new Jerusalem, they will reveal. And as it said in 1 Corinthians, you know, some people, everything's going to be burned away, but the person themselves will enter. But these precious stones and the light that comes through them, and you have to understand, there's no, we don't need a sun or a moon. The presence of God is the light. So it's the presence of God that reveals all sin. And it's the light that comes from these stones that reveals it, and it gets burned away. So the takeaways from today, because I will continue this, and next time I think if unless the Lord changes it on Tuesday, I'm just going to play a video and be commenting on it. And it's uh, very revealing from the other side. Goal. My screen just went away there. I hope I, I hope that got caught. So there's also creation that was spoken in the creation, and there's creation that was formed. So you have a seed, the spoken creation, the formed creation. And where we're going to go in this series is what God is doing with his creation and what Satan is doing right now. Because although God is transforming us, Satan is doing it the same because Satan saw creation. And he's backwards engineered it. It's the exact, it's the inversion of what God does. But it's one of the biggest weapons in his toolkit. And it's coming up to where it's going to be used. And when you see how everything connects together, everything connects together, I pray you'll be amazed as I am. You'll be wiser, and you'll be able to help keep people from this great deception that is coming. Hey, if you can support the show, um, there's links in the description. I do Podbean. If you are a Podbean subscriber, please know that you're billed by the speaker's company. 
that's me. Uh, it's a tax avoidance thing rather than my personal name. You get low, pay lower tax uh, legally, of course. Um, so that's with Podbean, and I also have a PayPal. A lot of people with Podbean, your credit cards expire and stuff. I don't write you to let you know, but um, some people, you know, when they see the billing from the speaker company, they contact their banks and they, they think it's fraud. And so I do email those people and say, hey, it's not fraud. <laughs> it's me. Hi. Thank you for your support, everyone. I appreciate you greatly. And, uh, well, we'll probably see you Friday morning and then Sunday. We have prayer Saturday night. Be sure to join us for that. And in the meantime, remember to love your God, love your family, love your neighbor as yourself, and make a difference in your community.